see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop step. Off the line of scrimmage. Release off the line of scrimmage. Nick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. It's all the release off the line of scrimmage. What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 89. I am Ike, one of the hosts. Follow me on Twitter at just underscore Ike09. Now, you may be wondering, why is it me hosting the show instead of Gene? Well, Gene had some important family obligations that needed his immediate attention, so he won't be joining us tonight. He'll be back next week. But go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter at fantasygenes, and go ahead and tell them how much you miss them. Now, today we're going to talk through all things week six. We're going to touch on some of the marquee games, some of the important games from a fantasy perspective. Going to go through some of the matchups we like, some of the matchups we don't like. Then we're going to transition to the Thursday night preview. And towards the end, we're going to have a couple of props for you guys to bet on and make some money, hopefully, this weekend. But before I go into any of that, I do want to touch on a couple of things that stood out to me. In week five, and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears showed up and showed out last Thursday night against the Commanders. Justin Fields, DJ Moore, that stack, poetry in motion. Justin Fields, another another four touchdown effort. He's been the QB three and the QB one over the last couple of weeks, so he's he's gotten it, he, he's got it rolling. He's got it rolling. And it's great to see because before the game, there was some rumors swirling that if they lost to the commanders, they may potentially fire the coach, which is pretty uncharacteristic of that franchise because they don't ever fire the coach during midseason. So for them to, to, to bounce back and, and, and show out on the road was, was really, really good to see. And hopefully this can serve, you know, as a launching off point for that offense moving forward as they have a very, very favorable schedule over the next month or so. And then DJ Moore, obviously, 200 yards, three touchdowns. He's averaged over 127 yards receiving over the last four games. So he, he, he's gone to Chicago, and he's, he, he's been very, 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 very friendly for, for, for Justin Fields. And so th- that, that's good to see. DJ Moore is my highest drafted player on underdog. I've mentioned that a couple of times, but... But yeah, he's he, he's they've gotten it rolling, and the Bengals they also got it rolling this past Sunday. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, that combination. Welcome to 2023. We missed you. Better late than never, though. Better late than never. Jamar Chase, wide receiver one on the week, 15 catches, 192 yards, and three touchdowns. 19 targets. Arizona knew the ball was going to him, and they couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't do anything about it, so it was good to see the Bengals, you know, make their 2023 debut, at least that for um, at least that offense um, from a from a fantasy perspective. And you know, they have a pretty good matchup against the Seahawks this week before they're going into their bye. So Joe Burrow's calf is getting healthier. He's going to, you know, he, hell, even in that game, he was scrambling, he was moving, maneuvering in the pocket. Um, he was basically back to his old self. It looked like it, at least. So he's going to use the bye to get healthier. Then hopefully they'll have T. Higgins back, although he did practice in a limited capacity today. Hopefully he, he, he can play on Sunday. If not, 
you know, that, that'll be more more for Tyler Boyd. There'll be more for for slot receiver Trent Irwin, who we'll probably talk about here, here a little bit later. But I, I don't I don't believe T. Higgins should play. I think they should probably hold him out another week to get healthier so that Bengals offense can really, really take off over the second half of the season after they uh, return from bye in week eight. And then speaking of a, a, another return, we saw Cooper Cup return to the Rams lineup and basically picking up where he left off, right? He was he had 12 targets, eight catches, 118 yards. And the biggest the biggest thing before that game, we wanted to know what would happen to Puka Nakua and his his target share. Well, Puka Nakua still had 11 targets, seven catches, 70 yards and a touchdown. So he he, he didn't he didn't suffer all that much. The Rams ran 11 personnel most of the game. I think the entire game, that's three wide receivers. So they're, they're going to have a lot of opportunities in, in that passing game moving forward. The Rams are, are a super pass heavy, and they're going to be in a lot of scripts that call them to pass because their defense is not good at all. So that was, that was, that was encouraging to see for any, anyone who held on to Puka Nakua and didn't sell high. I think he has value. I think he's he's still going to have value, and we kind of anticipated this being the case because the fact that he was able to earn 15 targets in his first NFL game that lets you know that look, the guy tar- you know target earning is a big deal. If you if, if they have the ability to earn targets, that's going to keep you on the field. And so, and there was a little bit of a confidence boost when they traded Van Jefferson earlier today. And so, it's just Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. And Tutu Atwell in that receiver room that's going to be getting the majority of the opportunities. But switching gears to Minnesota, it's, it's sad time. Wide receiver Justin Jefferson placed on IR. Placed on IR. And this one's tricky. This one's different. This one's tricky for a number of reasons. The Vikings, they're one in four. Season seems to be on a downward spiral. There may be, there, there, there's, a, there's a chance, there's an outside chance that we might have seen the last of Justin Jefferson for 2023, especially if the Viking season continues to trend in the way that it's trending, if, especially if they go on to lose against Chicago, which is not really, you know, not that much of a winnable game. I mean, on paper it could be, but they, they could very well lose that game. And if they lose that game, they got the 49ers next week, they got the Packers the following week, and they got the Falcons. And those are pretty formidable opponents, you know, compared to the Vikings. Let's say they go one in three during that stretch. So they add to they go one in three during that stretch and they're two and seven. And Justin Jefferson's eligible to return from IR. What incentive does he have to come back? He didn't get his contract. They don't they're not going to have a ton to play for. What I mean, you don't want him to he doesn't want to put himself out there and risk getting hurt again especially when the team is not going to be competitive. And there, there's, especially if they keep losing, there may be a possibility that Kirk Cousins might get traded as well. And we may see their fifth-round rookie getting snaps. Don't think Justin Jefferson is, that that, that environment ah, doesn't, doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. So these are a lot of things at, 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 at play here. Obviously, in Dynasty, Justin Jefferson is a screaming buy. But in redraft, I, I would be a little hesitant because of that distinct possibility. Now, if you're five and zero, four and one, if you if you're if you can take if you can take the hit, take a little bit of a risk, send a couple of you know low ball offers, 
maybe maybe you can work something out. I I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't do it, but I would understand if, if you're in that position that you may have a, a lot of depth on your team and you can help out a, a, a you know a fantasy manager that may be two and three or one and four that has Justin Jefferson and needs to make a move fast to turn their season around. So there's a lot of things at play. That's an interesting one. And then the last part, the last thing that stood out to me in week five, the Jets-Broncos game. Nathaniel Hackett returning to Denver as the offensive coordinator of the Jets after all the all the crap that Sean Payton talked this offseason. Jets went in there and handed them, the, hand them, hand them that L. Hot L. And it was led by Brees Hall. Brees Hall was unstoppable. And ironically, that was the play. That was the same, the same, the same place that Brees Hall tore his ACL last year. So he came back, exercised those demons, ripped off a long run, long touchdown run, like he did last year. And so that that was that was a uh, pretty pretty cool to see, for, you know, pretty cool to see for you know for them to get that re- you know that revenge, so to speak. And so and and a couple more things, uh, just really quick, couple of couple of news items. James Conner, Cardinals running back, placed on IR. Devon Achan placed on IR as well. So those those running backs, those running back rooms. Next man up, you got Amari DiMercato for the Cardinals. Had a pretty good game last week against the Bengals. And then you have Raheem Mostert is obviously going to be the starter. But then, you know, there's Jeff Wilson. The, the, the practice window opened up for him. So he's going to potentially get opportunities along with Salvin Ahmed, who's been a healthy scratch over the last couple of games. So he's going to be, you know, factored in as well. And so it's going to be a committee behind Raheem Mostert in Miami and potentially a committee in Arizona, assuming Keontae Ingram, who's the backup, who's, who's the other backup, is, is healthy and healed from his neck injury. And with that, let's, get, let's go ahead and get on to our first game that we want to discuss, Baltimore Ravens and the Titans. Baltimore is four and a half point favorites over under 40 and a half. This game is being played in London. And the biggest thing here that we want to pinpoint is the fact that the Ravens receivers can't catch. They, they can't catch. They had seven drops against the Steelers last Sunday. Significant reason why they lost. Rashad Bateman has been brutal this year. I think he had, I think the first pass of the game went to Rashad Bateman for eight yards and he didn't catch another pass after that, which was just, it's crazy to me. Odell Beckham's been in and out of the lineup. The lone bright spot has been Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, twenty nine percent target share on the on the on the season, and the the mat the, the 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 matchup. They have a good matchup against the Titans because the Titans are they aren't good at defending wide receivers. They're twenty eighth at fantasy points allowed, fourth worst in EPA per pass. And over the first five weeks of the season, they've allowed Chris Olave to go for hundred, Keenan Allen to go for over hundred and two touchdowns. Mike Williams for 83 yards, Amari Cooper over 100 yards and a touchdown, Jamar Chase 73 yards, and then last week Josh Downs, slot receiver, rookie slot receiver, six for 97 yards. So there's opportunities for that Ravens passing game to to get back on track. And Zay Flowers, like I said, 29% target share on the season, but over the last couple of weeks he's been getting more and more targets down the field, which is encouraging. 13.3 and 16.7 ADOT over the last couple of weeks. So there's going to be opportunities for them to take down the field, and hopefully we can see some of that um, see see some of that come to fruition this week in London versus the Titans. Now on the Titans side uh, on offense, DeAndre Hopkins had his best game of the season against the Colts, eight for one forty. 
no touchdowns. Um, but the biggest thing here is the the rushing attack for the for for the Titans. Um, Baltimore been really really stout against the run. They're the only team in the NFL that hasn't given up a rushing touchdown. So there 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 may be tough sledding um, for Derrick Henry and company. Baltimore is sixth in EPA per rush allowed on defense. So uh, again, stout defense, tough matchup for the for for the Titans running game. And staying in that same division, let's go to Cleveland. San Francisco at Cleveland, San Francisco five and a half point favorites, 37 and a, 37 and a half point over under. Vegas doesn't believe there's going to be any points, that many points scored, and for good reason. Cleveland's defense, first in EPA per play allowed. San Francisco's defense, fifth in EPA per play allowed. And the Cleveland defense, they've allowed the fewest fantasy points, the least receptions, lowest catch rate, lowest fantasy points to slot wide receivers per game. And so there's going to be a lot of defense played in this, in this particular game. I know the 49ers, they have been looking unstoppable on offense. 30 points, 30 plus points in each of the first five games to start the season, including a 42 to 10 shellacking of my Dallas Cowboys. Don't want to talk about that. <clears throat> but yeah, so that game, they actually had the highest success rate. Their offense had the highest success rate on the week at 57%. Like they've just been operating at, at an astronomical clip. They're, they're, they're top two, top three in EPA per play on offense. And so they're, they're firing on all cylinders, but the defense, the Cleveland defense has been just as good on the other side. Um, but on the Brown side, for a, on the, from, from an offensive, offensive perspective, there's, there's, there's concern that Deshaun Watson may not play because he didn't practice again today. Didn't practice. I'm recording this on a Wednesday night, so I'm sure by the time this comes out tomorrow, maybe he would have taken the practice field but it's 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 really odd that he hasn't practiced, especially after they had the bye. He had a bye to kind of heal up a little bit more, and he's still he's still on the practice field. They're they're saying that PJ Walker may may be may be starting if Watson can't go this weekend. That that doesn't bode well for for all the Cleveland pass catchers. I mean, I, I think this matchup was bad anyway, and it was one that was genu- you know generally avoiding. But I'm it's 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 more of an avoid now than 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 ever, and so. Cleveland, San Francisco, a lot of defense being played. I feel like San Francisco is going to dominate. Um, and then, you know, they'll have and, – and they they may have some opportunities, though. I, I did mention Cleveland's defense does allow the fewest fantasy points, least reception, lowest catch rate, et cetera, um, to wide receivers. But Cleveland does run the most single high coverage. And if there is an opportunity to, you know, for, for the San Francisco passing attack to exploit, it's that. Because Brandon Ayuk, who's in the midst of a breakout season – he has a 4.11 yards per route run against that defense. The only person higher is Tyreek Hill. So if there's an opportunity for Brandon Ayuk to eat, it's it's you know it's it's when the, the Browns run single high coverage, and I think he's going to have some opportunities uh, down um, down the field. Next game I want to talk about really quick: the Atlanta Falcons hosting the Washington Commanders. Atlanta is a two and a half point favorite, 42 and a half point over under. I I do th- I I kind of feel like this game. Has some sneaky shootout potential. Some sneaky shootout potential. There's a lot of good matchups on both sides. First, on the Atlanta side, they are 3-0 at home. They play well at home. They are just coming off of a good showing against a really tough defense in uh, at you know, Houston. The, the Texans, they're, they're a pretty tough matchup for opposing quarterbacks. And you know Desmond Ritter had over 300 yards, had a touchdown, had a, another touchdown on the ground. But a couple things here, I mean, they, they're, they're pass catchers. Their pass catchers are in a good spot especially Drake London on the outside. He's going to be seeing a lot of Emmanuel Forbes for the commanders, and he's been absolute food. 
absolute food this year, been getting torched by everybody. I mean, Stephon Diggs had his way. A.J. Brown had his way. Last week, of course, D.J. Moore had his way. And so there, there's opportunities for, for, for Drake London and even, even Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts had his, you know, had, you know, had his welcome to the 2023 season uh, party last week. Seven catches, 87 yards, despite being outsnapped by Jonu Smith. So I'm not sure if we can bank on a lot of pass, pass volume for this offense week to week. But this is a good matchup for them. Desmond Ritter is a, a good streamer, a good streaming option in week six. So that remains to be seen if they can exploit some of that and not revert back to that in, that that significantly run heavy approach. And on the Washington side, Sam Howell had a pretty good week last week against the Bears. Soft defense, had over 380 yards and two touchdowns, but most of it was in comeback mode because they fell behind pretty early. Now, the one thing I want to you know, pinpoint here is that Logan Thomas has a really good matchup because the, the, the Falcons, they, they, aren't, they, they aren't great at covering the tight end. And that, that's, an, that's, a, that's a matchup that they can definitely look to exploit. And just you know, pass, you know, passing in general, I mean, it's it's still a it's, a it's still a pretty decent matchup for Sam Howell. So again, I, I think there's opportunity for a possible shootout in this one. So that's just one to circle um, on on the on the week six slate. Next game I want to talk about. Let's go to New York, Philadelphia Eagles at the Jets. This is one of this is one of the interesting games here. Philadelphia at the Jets. Seven Philadelphia is a seven point favorite, forty one point over under. And the biggest thing with this game is really simple. The wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith versus Sauce Gardner and potentially D.J. Reed, assuming he passes concussion protocol. The, the Jets, they've surrendered the second fewest yards and allowed only one touchdown to opposing wide receivers. Only one, only one touchdown. Second lowest fantasy points allowed to wide receivers in general. And A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, they both primarily operate on the boundary, on the outside. So, again, like I said, they'll be seeing a lot of Sauce Gardner, seeing a lot of D.J. Reed. And I think the matchup to exploit here, though, is, is Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard versus, versus the linebackers and safeties. This is the, and from a fantasy perspective, this is the third best matchup for tight ends. And Dallas Goddard is coming off of an eight-catch, 117-yard touchdown game versus the Rams. More concerted effort to get him the ball. You know, the first, you know, three or four games, Goddard was invisible, but not, then he exploded. And I think with this matchup, tough matchup for the receivers, I think he's in line for another, another big game. A lot of attention is going to be paid, paid to the wide receivers. And I think this is where Dallas Goddard could, could definitely have a, a, another good matchup and a good, another good showing. And uh, on the Jets' offensive side, they have, a, they have a good matchup. Their, their passing game has a good matchup, but unfortunately, they don't pass the ball that much. They have the lowest neutral pass rate, and their quarterback is Zach Wilson. Although I will say, I will say, Zach Wilson has looked very competent over the last two games against the Broncos and against the Chiefs in primetime. And so Zach Wilson has, has, has built some confidence over the last couple of games, but I'd be, I'd be curious to see if the, if the Jets try to open it up a little bit with Garrett Wilson and potentially Alan Lazard and, and Tyler Conklin, who's been playing pretty well over the last couple of games against that, the, against that equal secondary. Because uh, as far as the rush game goes, the run game goes, 
Brees Hall has a really, really tough matchup versus the Eagles. The Eagles second least fantasy points allowed in yards and rush yards per game allowed. Really tough matchup. Second highest stuff rate and fourth lowest explosive rush rate. And that's basically runs over 15 yards. So Brees Hall is in, you know, in, has has tough sledding ahead of him. But we we do we do believe in his talent. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe he maybe he breaks, you know, rip, breaks off a long run here and there. But it, it's not it's not the best matchup uh, for Brees Hall in that Jets offense. And just really quick, a couple more games I want to get to. First, the Carolina Miami game. That's going to be another blowout. Carolina, thirteen point thirteen and a half point underdogs um, to the Miami Dolphins, forty eight and a half point over under. Um, the, a couple things we want to we want to look at here. The Dolphins backfield without Devon A. Chan looks like Mostert, followed by Savon, Savon Ahmed and, and, and Jeff Wilson. Should they activate him prior to Sunday's game? So we just want to see how that backfield is deployed. You know, and the only thing on the Panther side is the, the, the lone bright spot in that offense is Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is turning back the clock. Currently the wide receiver nine overall in fantasy. And he has the most catches, yards, and touchdowns when lining up from the slot. So he's been balling. His target share over the last month, 29%. So he's probably going to catch seven, eight passes, maybe 10 passes in a, in a negative game script against the Dolphins. So, so fire up Adam Thielen in, in all formats. Fire him up in DFS. Take the over-under in his, his yards and catches, especially if you're doing pickums like on underdog or prize picks. Fire up Adam Thielen, all the overs. And then next, we're just going to close out with a couple of the night games. First, Sunday night football. Giants going to Buffalo. 14-point favorites. The Bills are 14-point favorites. The over-under is 44 and a half. The, the, the couple things here. Daniel Jones, I, 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 feel, I feel really sorry for him. He has just been taking a beating all season long. His offensive line has not, has not helped him, not helped him at all. Right now, he's, he's nursing a neck injury you know, from the beating that he took against the Dolphins. I think he was sacked like six times. Like it, it's, it, it's, it was, it's, it's really bad. The, the Giants, they're, they're bottom three or bottom four. They're in, in pressure rate allowed. And guess who leads the league in sacks? The Buffalo Bills. They lead the league in sacks. So, so good luck. Don't start any. Don't start any Giants skill players. I mean, Darren Waller's. He he he's hurt. He he's got a groin injury. Didn't practice today. Saquon Barkley did return to practice, but I mean, I I don't know how much how much of a difference he's going to make with that Giants in that Giants offense, given how bad their offensive line is and how bad their offensive line continues to be but on the buffalo side the run game the run game has looked has looked really really bad lately james cook has only 17 carries and 25 yards over the last couple of games but they have a good matchup against the giants the giants are pretty bad against the run on an epa per play um, from an epa per rush standpoint they're pretty bad and so they're, they're they're the third worst behind denver and carolina and so there's 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 going to be opportunities for, for for all these running backs in a in a positive game script um to to get going and get loose and get the running game back on track. And then the the Monday night game. The Monday night game is gonna be gonna be very interesting. The Dallas Cowboys going to the Los Angeles Chargers. Dallas is a two point favorite on the road. 50 and a half point under, over under. Biggest thing here, Dallas Cowboys offense, can they bounce back? Can they bounce back? On paper it looks like they can. 
Los Angeles Chargers, 28th in yards per play allowed. And they allow the most reception yards per game to wide receivers and the second most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. And so this looks like, and it's shaping up to be, a CeeDee Lamb squeaky wheel game. And we, we saw some you know, various clips on Twitter about you know, him sitting behind the bench, being frustrated, some of his comments after the 49ers game. Not sure what he said. They're not sure what their identity is. So a lot, a lot, a lot of a lot of a lot of things happening in Dallas regarding that um, that 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 offense. Now, from an EPA per play perspective, they haven't been bad. They're still top ten or top twelve from EPA per play, but they just can't they can't seem to buy a red zone touchdown to save their lives. And of course, they got blitzed by the 49ers. The 49ers made them look bad, but the 49ers made every make everybody look bad. So that's a burn the tape game. They, I think they get back on track. I think everyone has basically gotten off against the Chargers. And, and moreover, the Cowboys schedule is about to open up a little bit more. A lot, of, a lot of soft defenses upcoming. A lot of teams near the bottom of the league in EPA per play allowed on defense. So if you're in a, if you're in a buying mood, if you're in a shopping mood, go ahead and send out some offers to disgruntled fantasy managers for, for CeeDee Lamb, for Tony Pollard. Try to see if you can get those guys on your squad, and uh, in because over the next month or so, the Cowboys they have a pretty good schedule coming up, and I think their offense may start to to, to gain some traction and and get some of those red zone touchdowns and put, or punch in some of those touchdowns in the red zone. All right, so a couple of uh, additional matchups I want to highlight really quick. We got the Bengals slot receivers versus the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle they allow the second most fantasy points per game to the slot and the most fantasy points and receptions per game to wide receivers in general. So fire up Chase, Boyd, Higgins if he plays. If Higgins doesn't play, Trenton Irwin's a good good streaming option, good good flex option. He had 10 targets last week, had six catches. Or, or I'm sorry, eight catches for 60 yards. And so he, he'll, be, he'll be a good option should, uh, if, if T. Higgins sits out, sits out again. And then also, you know, I, I want to I wanna go, go to Tampa Bay. Kate Otten. Kate Otten tied in for the Buccaneers versus the Lions. It's on paper, from a fantasy perspective, it's the best matchup versus tight ends. Kate Otten has ten plus fantasy points in two 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 out of his last three games, and you know Detroit they 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 give up a lot of yards um to 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 tight ends. They gave up seventy eight to to the Falcons, fifty six to 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 the Seahawks. So there's opportunities, especially if Mike Evans is is nursing his hamstring injury still. He if he may if he may miss miss this game, that's more targets for Kate Otten. Even then, it's still a good matchup. So I like Kate Otten um, in in this matchup versus Detroit, and then on the other side of that, we already talked about Brees Hall's uh, unfavorable matchup versus the Eagles, but I also want to talk about another running back, Damian Pierce versus the Saints. Um, New Orleans, they're second in EPA per EPA per rush allowed and third in EPA per play overall on defense. So it's going to be tough sledding for 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 Damian Pierce, and he hasn't been nearly as efficient this year than he was last year. I mean, his his numbers effectively down across the board. I mean, he's only averaging 2.21 yards after contact, and that's down from the 3.29 in 2022, according to PFF. And his overall yards per carry is 2.9 versus 4.3 in 2022. Now in the red zone, been even more, been, been even worse, been even worse. He's been stopped for no gain or lost yards on eight of his 12 red zone carries on the season. And the Texans offense in general, they've, They've sucked in the red zone. They're only scoring touchdowns at a 35.3% clip. And that's better than just two teams in the NFL. 
two teams. And it, it was it was really, really surprising to see them struggle in the red zone last week because they finally got two of their top offensive linemen back from injury, Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard, for the first time this season. So New Orleans, they've been they've been stuffing a lot of people, a lot a lot of defense, a lot of offenses. And I I I see I see this as another bad matchup for for that for for any for another run game, especially in Houston. So on to uh Thursday night. Thursday night football, Denver at Kansas City. Kansas City is a 10 and a half point favorite, 47 and a half point over under. First on the Denver side, you know, their offense hasn't been hasn't been hasn't been bad at all. They haven't been bad at all. Um I know they were it, it's there's only there's only so far to go if you're last, right? You, you you were last. Where else where else could you go? Where else could you go from last? EPA per play, they're 11th. Pass rate over expected, 18th. So you want to see that. I mean, they're 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 basically right in the middle. Russell Wilson hasn't been bad either. You know, if you look at the the EPA CPOE composite score, Russell Wilson's near the, is 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 hovering around the top 10, top 10 or so. So he hasn't he hasn't been bad. But on defense, this is where this is this is where the conversation gets gets nasty. Offensives have scored the most fantasy points per game versus the Broncos defense week in and week out. The Jets even went went for thirty one points. Zach Wilson again looked competent against this defense. Denver's the worst against running backs, as evidenced Brees Hall's one hundred seventy seven yards, most rush yards allowed, most rush TDs, most receiving yards. Most fantasy points per game for running backs. And the Kansas City rush attack, Isaiah Pacheco has looked really, really good. Kansas City, sixth in EPA per rush. So there's a lot of problems, a lot of problems in Denver on defense. And with Patrick Mahomes next up, good luck stopping them. But I, I will say one bright side for the, for the Broncos really quick before I go to Kansas City. Russell Wilson, he's averaged 29 fantasy points per game last year versus the Chiefs. So whether it's a trailing game script, positive game script, they were he was he was pretty good from a fantasy perspective against the Chiefs last year. Maybe he can keep it rolling again, get their most explosive players out there, get Marvin Mims more snaps, let him more let him run more than 10 routes. I know he had a pretty good bad game last week when he fumbled twice, but previous weeks where he's on the field, he's getting a lot of work or he he's 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 doing a lot of work in in limited limited opportunities. Needs to needs to be running well ahead of LaJordan Humphrey. Needs to be running well ahead of Brandon Johnson. I mean, if and some could argue he he needs to be running like right alongside Russell, you know, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, because he's that he's 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 a difference maker. You got to get your difference maker on the field, especially against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're they're going to make they're gonna make you push put push the pedal, push the pedal to the metal. And so, but on the Kansas City side, their offense, six knee paper play. Pass rate or expect that they first. So those those should come at no surprise. But the one thing about this offense that I I just I can't wrap my head around is the fact that that they, they have like a six person wide receiver rotation. And it's abundantly clear who the best receiver on the team is. And it's Ricky Rasheed Rice. Last week he only ran 10 routes. And that just doesn't make any sense to me. I and mean, we we're seeing a lot of routes run from Sky Moore and and, and Marquez Valdez Scantling. But they're not getting targets. They're not getting the balls thrown to them. They're just getting their cardio up. But anytime Rasheed Rice is out there, they're at least giving him chances. They're throwing him the ball. He got five tar- He got five targets on ten routes run. And as a matter of fact, 
players with min- a minimum of 50 routes run, Rasheed Rice leads the NFL in target rate at 36%. That's over Tyreek Hill. That's over players like Puka Nakua, who, who's, who's been pretty hot so far uh, to, to start the 2023 season. Rasheed Rice just needs to be playing more. He needs to be playing more. We don't know how healthy Travis Kelsey is. They said he's gonna he's expected to play, and they actually said that he doesn't have a high ankle sprain. He has a you know a mid to low ankle sprain, and so we don't know how healthy he's gonna be. But he'll gut it out, and then he'll have an extra ten day. He'll have a, a ten day rest after this game. So yeah, I, I just I, I'm curious to see how this this wide receiver rotation continues because it just needs to be more Rasheed Rice because he's obviously the best receiver on that team at the moment. All right, so that's it for this game. The last part of the show, I want to talk about a couple of props that I will be betting this weekend, and you guys should be doing the same if you want to make some money. First prop, James Cook over 52.5 rushing yards versus the Giants. The Giants, third worst EPA per rush allowed. And they've just been giving up yards upon yards upon yards week after week after week. Last week versus Miami, Devon A. Chan over 100 yards. Raheem Mostert, 65 yards. Then, then Seattle, 79 yards to Kenneth Walker. Again, San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey, 85 yards. James Conner, 106 yards. Tony Pollard, 70 yards. So they've gone over, they've allowed one rusher to go, at least one rusher to go over this 52 and a half yard number every single game. And I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be looking to get James Cook more involved, especially over the last couple of games where he hasn't looked that great. But that's just the Bills' rush game in general. And so James Cook easily clears this 52 and a half rushing yards for week six. But prior to um, the, the last two showings, he's had 98. And 123 yards in two of three games. All right, so the next and last prop I want to talk about is in Chicago. Got to go back to the well in Chicago. DJ Moore, over 57 and a half receiving yards. You would think, you would think a dude that just went for 230 yards and three touchdowns would have a higher yardage total, but it, it just it and it just doesn't seem to make sense here. So we're, we're, we're going to smash that. We're going to smash that. The Vikings, they've allowed at least one pass catcher every single game to go over this number, at least 57 and a half yards, every single game, every single game. I mean, it's really simple. DJ Moore has averaged over 127 yards over his last four games. Minnesota is third worst in EPA per pass attempt, EPA per pass allowed. It, it again, like it, it, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be difficult. Fire up DJ Moore over 57 and a half receiving yards. Fire up James Cook over 52 and a half rushing yards. And with that, that is the end of the show. Appreciate you appreciate you all tuning in and hearing my voice for the last 40 minutes. Gene, we missed you. We'll be back next week. Please be sure you check out DestinationDevi.com. A lot of wonderful content on there. A lot of tools, a lot of tips, a lot of strategies. A lot of things that will help you dominate your leagues. Redraft, Dynasty, Best Ball, you name it, we got it. We got you covered. A lot of hard work is, you know, goes into that website. So please be sure you check it out. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at just underscore Ico9. Follow Gene at Fantasy Genes, G-E-N-E-S. And follow the show at Off the Line FF. 
Till then, good luck in week six. We'll holla at y'all. See y'all next week. Peace out.